Going into Auburn's game this weekend against Ole Miss, it feels different than any game I've felt over the last, what, decade? Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Plackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. I want to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster happy war rapport wednesday to all who celebrate mike g of the war rapport hanging out with us we talked about this briefly before we clicked record mike g Mm. but going into this game this saturday it feels different than any auburn game or i guess any auburn game week that i felt in the last decade because the level of indifference around this football program at this point of the season it's sad borderline devastating Mike G in regards to, okay, every other kind of situation over the last several years for Auburn football, where there's been a little bit of a dip, a little bit of a Valley, there's been, you've been able to talk yourself into upside, right? Like, okay, maybe Auburn could pull this off because Auburn does weird Auburn things. And it Mm. just doesn't feel like that's around this program right now. And it's a shame. Yeah, let me tell you this, Zach. Um, I think why this feels different is, is because no matter what's happened in the lead up to this game, if you lose this one, you now have a losing record. Mm. For the first time in the season, you have a losing record. Auburn sits at three and three right now. Um, it's going to be really, t- it was really tough. I-, I think that there have been a number of losses that have felt bad in multiple ways. It's either been a beatdown or it was a game that they should have won, but they lost. Those are the two categories that, you know, Auburn's games fall into this year. Um, The the beatdowns, obviously, Penn State and Georgia, and the one that Auburn feels like they should have won, LSU at home. Sure, absolutely. But but you lost, right? Um, If you at least get LSU, maybe there's a different feeling around this one. Um, I don't know that anybody really expected us to beat Georgia. I certainly had them in my L column on our preseason picks. Sure. I just didn't think it was there. Um, Georgia somehow came out and figured out how to be better on defense, like magically this year after an all-time great defense. But, um, you know, the you know, there's a lot in flux. I mean, there's a lot that feels worse than it actually is at this point of the season. So going into Ole Miss, um, there is, there's a lot of, uh, uh, anxiety around this game because Auburn could be three and four coming out of this. Right, right. And, and even if you win, there's a lot of folks that are like, still, so what? Right? I mean, Mississippi State on the road is going to be tough. Obviously, Alabama on the road is going to be tough. And then, you know, Arkansas and AM at home is tough. And I, right now, I don't think Western Kentucky's a gimme. So it, it, I, I just hate the whole there's really no positive way to spin any of this because if there would, if there was, I promise, I promise I'd be doing it. Right. Yeah. I've been accused of, of, of many a bug. Right? Yeah. I've been bugging on this. If there's and... a way to bug, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a booger. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, I know you are. I love uh, to as bug. A, as it, am I. Uh, it, it's hard to bug right now. Yeah. But we still got to talk about what they do on the field. 
And the bottom line is this offense yeah. has not has not has not only not been good, right? They they've been historically bad for an Auburn offense. Now, mm-hmm. um, there was one thing Zach coming into the season that I had not anticipated. Like I, I got that our O line wasn't going to be great, but they have progressively gotten worse as the season has gone on. Like, I, you know, it needs to be noted that this version of this O-line is significantly worse than last year's version. Um, it's yeah, not. Yeah, good, for sure. Right. And we, they had two O-linemen go down Saturday versus Georgia, which exacerbated issues that they had. Alec Jackson was losing every battle. Troxel got hurt. Like, I mean, it was just. But um, bo- both were still starters on this week's depth chart. Mm-hmm. So, Reading between the lines, it sounds like everybody's going to be okay for Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, it it was just it was it's been a tough uphill battle for an offense uh, to have a line like this. That you know, my optim any optimism I had coming into the season was about the line holding serve from last year, right, and maybe possibly improving some. But they went the other direction, and for a first year quarterback, that's tough. I mean, you know, versus Georgia, think about about how much Robbie Ashford was under fire, no sacks. No sacks against Georgia, right? So he was just running away from pressure. I thought he did a decent job throwing the ball away when he had to, when there was nothing there, instead yeah. of trying to force it. But ultimately, you know, what the the the, the discussion about this team is going to be about offense and lack of offense when you have an offensive head coach. Um, now, I've been willing to wait to see what they do before I go full negative on what we've seen, but I'm pretty I'm pretty close to there. Like, I mean. You're not competing with the better teams, and then you're playing almost like down to the competition. If that makes, if that's fair to say, like even when you're better than the I team, mean, it's been close. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it was too close against you know Mercer. It was too close against San Jose State. It was too close against Missouri, and it was close against LSU. So I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and just then- just, just I, I want to stay on your offensive line point for just a second. So mm-hmm. Jaleel Irvin played 18 snaps, mm-hmm. which I think we all agree is too many. And of those 18, 14 of them were passes. And his pass block grade on pro football focus was a 36.4. That's out of 100 for those mm-hmm. keeping score at home. Yikes. A- Alec Jackson played 19 snaps. 14 of those were pass blocking situations. And his pass block grade was 22.9. Yikes. Brendan Coffey, your right tackle, played 27 snaps. 19 of those were pass blocking situations. 16. Point seven. Ouch. I mean, that's devastating. Yeah, it is. It is. You, you can't win with that. With, with three guys playing, you know, a good amount of snaps for whatever reason, and, and some, most of those have to do with injury. But it's just like, well, how do you how do you compete with that? And a lot of Auburn fans, rightfully so, are upset with the offensive line coach. Will Friend, and it's like he, he was brought in to be a recruiter. He's not winning on the recruiting battles. And the offensive linemen, both as a unit and as individuals, they're not improving. And that, that falls on the position coach. Yeah, I, I agree. Listen, it, you know, one of the when we look back at this staff, one of the things that's going to be noted as one of their, their great Achilles heel was the inability to be able to identify what kind of team you have and pivot to an offensive game plan that accounts for those weaknesses, right? Like, I mean, what we saw versus LSU was how they should have been running offense this whole season. It's the only version of this offense. People complain about tank. 
not getting the ball enough, but the numbers that you just stated on offensive line and grades, you can't run through tank with these off- with this offensive line. You just can't. Uh, he's getting hit in the backfield. Um, I still think that, you know, tank is maybe playing a little hesitant because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jarquez Hunter seems to be doing a good job breaking tackles and making something out of nothing. Um, those guys have different running styles, but ultimately right. uh, the, the line, especially when you have young quarterbacks, when you have young quarterbacks with not a lot of on-field experience, which is Robbie Ashford, he's talking about a guy who was in his third start on Saturday, his third full start where he prepared as a starter all week and went in. And there are growing pains when it comes to that, and it just sucks that we, we, you know he's using most of his energy and talent just trying to escape and stay alive rather than rather than making plays and going through reads and doing things you want your quarterback to be doing. Yeah, nope, you're right. You're right. All right, a lot of Auburn fans are asking, is this the weekend a change could be made, or is it more likely that we see something happen towards the end of the season or even after the Iron Bowl? We share our thoughts in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. Look, if you're a small business owner, you deal with personnel changes all the time. Maybe Auburn will be doing the same thing soon. We will have to wait and see, but you realize how crucial a hire can be and LinkedIn jobs totally, totally gets that, especially for small business owners out there. So you can post your job for free at LinkedIn jobs. And all you have to do is do just that. And we realize at LinkedIn, LinkedIn realizes how crucial your time is. And so you can add all these qualifiers, right? You know, how many, how many years of experience you can set, you know, do, do they need to know a certain skill or have a certain certification? You can set all of that in your job posting. So LinkedIn will weed out some folks for you. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Mike G of the war report is this weekend the weekend where we see a potential historical impact at Auburn or is Brian Harson the head coach for the rest of the season? Uh, my, my sources are telling me that we can expect Brian Harson to remain the coach until the end of the season. Um, for the record, nobody on his staff has been told that he will not be retained uh, after or is fighting, you know, is not going to be the coach at the end of the season. So, um, while there may be talks happening behind the scenes, nobody on the staff has been told that as of today. Now, there were some errant reports a couple weeks ago that he had been informed already that he wasn't going to be retained, that none of that was true. Um, and my understanding is our, our new president is leaning towards wait and see. Um, and let's evaluate the whole and talk about the whole body of work when we make the decision, which I think is the right thing to do here, not only in terms of this season, but in terms of if you do decide to move on, the perception that you gave the coach a chance to play it all the way out, and you made the decision based on the whole body of work and not what you were projecting he was going to do. Yeah, I'm there with you. I'm there with you, and I think I've been pretty consistent on this, waiting until the end of the season for is best for the program. It's best for the 2022 Auburn Tigers. And I think also it'll be best for, um, for the fan base moving forward for, for a couple of different reasons. I was talking about this with my neighbor, shout out Marcus listener of the show. Appreciate you, Marcus. But I, I think 
everybody's biggest argument, right, is like, well, he's not out there recruiting. The staff's not out there recruiting. Which, if you talk to them, that's not necessarily, I don't know how entirely true that is. We'll see. Uh, I, I just see pictures of, like, Zach out there every week recruiting. So, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just select members of the staff. We'll have to wait and see. But I, I don't think that changes if you fire him. So, I, I'm not buying that that's a reason. And also, if you're part of the Auburn fan base that just wants him gone because you just can't stand the guy, which there's a lot of you watching that just can't stand the dude. That's cool. Whatever. I'm not telling you what to feel. But I would think if you just really are upset with Brian Harson, you would want him to wear the record. Like, if you just can't stand the guy and you think he's just torn down your program, your favorite football team, you would want him to wear a 4-8 and eight record leaving the program you know don't don't make some interim you know if if the interim is Zach Gethridge don't make him wear you know a one in five record in the season that's I not agree. fair to him I, I agree with that I and agree so, with that so make him wear it and, and also yet you're gonna pay him 15 million dollars either way uh let, let him wear it let him let him carry that on his resume well there's an idea circulating on social media and some of the national pundits have started to pick it up that Auburn is not a good job Zach it's so stupid. It's this a dumb. A, it's a it's, it's a dumb narrative. Stupidest thing. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I did want to talk while we're on this subject. I did want to talk about that. Um, sure. The, the idea that you know coaches weren't given a chance here. Now I will acknowledge that there were some things that happened that maybe made the job more difficult for Brian Harson and 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 his his staff didn't was they didn't know how to handle any of that. Right. They came in and they didn't have the experience of the big time program to understand booster culture and recruiting and some of the things that they would have needed to get ahead of the curve. And and, and they were reactive instead of proactive, I guess. Uh, but doesn't and I'm not saying what happened to him in the offseason is right. Please, please do not do not misunderstand me here. But doesn't what you just said kind of play to the fact uh, or play to the folks that were like, he's coming from Boise. He doesn't know what the SEC is like. Doesn't that kind of play into that a little bit? Uh, it does, but as long as you are being fair to say there's culpability on both sides, like you hired a guy yeah. from Boise. Sure. That's you right. hired a guy from Boise. You hired him. That's right. So you, That's exactly may, right. you maybe had to say, okay, you know what? Let's get in here and make sure that he understands these certain things about Southern recruiting culture and you know managing a big-time program. Like you hired him. So instead of throwing him to the wolves, maybe we could have been a little bit more invested in his success instead of just waiting on him to fail. But ultimately, like beyond that, though, like the idea that Auburn is not a good job, like coaches don't get a Stupid. chance here. It's just it's not it's just not accurate. Like, you know, again, if you let Brian Harson finish out the season and he finishes with two straight losing seasons, you can't really say he didn't get a chance here because the whether you like it or not, the line got worse year over year. Right. Um, and, and certain aspects of the team got worse year over year, as did the record. Yeah. I mean, I, I think your quarterback play has gotten worse. I think your running game has gotten worse. The offensive line has a big part of both of those. I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I'm willing to accept that. The defensive line is better. I think that's just personnel, though. I don't know how much of that is coaching. We'll mm -hmm. see. The defensive linemen love Jimmy Brumbaugh, though. So, you know, I'll give him credit. That's cool. Linebacker plays not even on the same planet. It is. It's, it is it's awful. 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 It's awful. And, and, you know, and I, I refuse to believe that they're bad players. They're not. Owen Papo's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I he think Cam Riley has all the traits you want. Wesley Steiner's athletic as heck and he's out of position. That is coaching. And so I, I just, I have a hard time buying it. I have a hard time buying that it's all, all, all 
that's fully on all these kids. Well, Pap is one of the highest rated recruits in Auburn history. As a matter of fact, in his class, the only person he was that was rated as high as him, not quite, was Bo, Bo Nix. I mean, those were two of the highest rated guys that we had yeah. come through. And to see him consistently take the wrong gap and like take bad angles on tackles and, and do things, I'm with you. I, I believe that's more coaching than it is talent. He has not played well, but um, ultimately this, you know, we, we need to be talking about what they do on the field. And, you know, before the last guy got eight years, he got eight years, right? The guy before him did won win a natty, a, won a natty right? But he didn't lose his job because of one season. There were other things going on on that team that led to the decision to, but it was three and nine. It How about a, the guy before that? How about the guy before that? The guy before that got what eight, nine years? Yeah, almost a decade. Right. You're right. Yeah. Like, let's stop acting like you're not going to be given a chance to do the job at Auburn. There are expectations. A lot. There's a fan narrative that, well, their expectations are just too high, and that's why they can't give anybody a chance. And I'm just like, Auburn has had fewer coaches over the last 20 years than Bama has. Yeah, and, and it's not just all on Auburn. Look at what happened in Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, they had their guy for two years, and, and he was gone because he wasn't getting it done. When, when, when Brian Harshan was hired, we all said one thing. It was going to be a build. Everybody said that. And everybody's right. like, okay, cool. This is a guy that can build a program. That's kind of what we were banking everything on. And he hasn't done that. Like, when, you, when you're a program builder, like we all thought he was going to be, you're out there recruiting. You're out there getting the guys that you want in the transfer portal. You're supporting an IL. And none of those things happen. Right, yeah. I think that, you know, what, what puts him in the danger zone this year, like you said, and a lot of fans have said, I've seen this narrative. Uh, a lot of their fans have said this uh, publicly is that if at least they could point back to a high level of recruiting to say, you know, at least they're bringing in high level recruits. So there is something to build on. Mike, I'm going to stop you there. I think if you could point back to one, anything that you've done well. Yeah. I mean, listen, the results on the field make it hard. I think to say that, anything is really headed the right direction. I mean, you've got a rash of injuries all over the place, Um, you know, and and this is tough. I want to stress, Zach, I've been pretty supportive of this staff. Like this is, this is a, you know, I've just, I've just been willing to wait to see what happens before we start going down this narrative. Now we're halfway through the season and I think it's fair to start talking about it now. Right. You know, they're going to be people was like, Oh my G I told you, you know, in the off season, this would happen. And I, I just don't, the projecting the negativity is something I'll just never get into. Wait to see what happens. And then, cause he was going to be our coach this year, no matter what. He yeah, was gonna totally. be yeah. He's going to be Auburn's coach this year, no matter what. And then well, and, now, and you guys had like two players on every week. You guys got to know these kids and you realize how hard they're working. And it's like, yeah, cool. These kids are giving us no reason to not believe in them. Correct. And, and so, you know, they, they deserve that. And so we, we gave them that. And, I think they're doing what they're told. And, and, I, and I know to some extent, you know, Brian Harson loves to talk about execution and they're not perfect. I'm not saying that they're not. I mean, so many offside penalties and that's an issue and it's coming from the older guys, which is just baffling, but it's, it's tough. It's tough. But Mike G there is a game this Saturday that Auburn, mm. uh, I think is actually winnable just because of the history of this series. I don't think it's likely. I think, but Ben Online has them at, you know, 14 and a half point dogs. And I, I think that's probably fair. But let's talk about what they can do, Mike G, in just a second, right here 
on Locked On Auburn. I want to give a shout out to our friends at Built Bar. Have you have you tried the Built Bar Puffs yet? If you haven't, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? Their newest flavor is delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built is done it again. Your new favorite treat, cookie dough chunk puffs. That's what Mike G calls me before we record. They have a, uh, it's a light and chewy texture, <laughs> real cookie Live. dough chunks. And of course, they're covered 100% in real chocolate. And you read the nutrition label on these things. They're very high in protein, very low in calories, delicious, delicious yumminess. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15, uh, locked on 15, excuse me, LOCKED15 on 15 to get 15% off your order. That's at built.com. Mike G, Auburn has historically done extremely well against Ole Miss. Extremely mm-hmm. well. What are your expectations going into this game? Because I guess my uh, my biggest fear in all of this is um, they don't. This team doesn't respond well to that big loss um, against Georgia. But thirty five and ten all time is the series. That's pretty lopsided. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not gonna book on this one, uh, no. and I'm gonna I'm gonna explain why I may be a little bit down. Uh, this is a down year for the SEC West, I believe. Um, you know, Ole Miss, uh, they found a way to win games, but you know, outside of Alabama, nobody has looked particularly impressive to me or dominant in the SEC West, uh, which makes Auburn's struggles even harder to accept this year because this would have been a year where you could have taken advantage of some things. So going into Ole Miss, uh, I am I am I'm I'm not super positive for one reason and one reason primarily, and that's play calling. Eric Kiesel has not been good. Um I'll say it again for the people in the back. Eric Kiesel has not been good. Uh, the amount of time it took them to pivot from the early offensive game plan that they had that was quite clearly a failure. Everybody on offense suffered from a bad game plan that actually exposed our weaknesses on offense rather than covering them. What does that and, mean? Uh, it means that, again, handing the ball to tank 20 times up the middle with a line that clearly was never going to be good in run blocking. And then after you get blown out at Penn state, taking that same game plan into Missouri is awful, right? You, and you had, they had to fumble the game back to you before you would take a look, pull all the stops. And then what we saw against LSU was, is how I thought that this offense would run, but with, with Robbie at quarterback. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I don't, I don't think there's a version of this, this offense with this line that TJ Finley could be successful behind personally, and especially not the way they were calling plays. Definitely not the way they right. were calling plays. Yeah. Like, I mean, these slow developing things, I think like a quick strike offense where you get the ball out of the quarterback's hands fast to help cover him. Um, you know, uh, receivers yeah, I, run. I, I think TJ would be okay in like a spread them out type offense, but right. We're but just, they weren't doing we're, that. Yeah. Yeah. Auburn's they, haven't run that. Right? They were running 12 personnel for three games mm-hmm. primarily. With tight ends and like, I mean, I just don't, I didn't understand what we were doing. And then versus LSU, I had a little bit of hope, even though they lost that game. It was like, all right, but this was the pivot that I was, I was expecting after Penn State. Yeah. That first half offense, it's like, okay, all right, there's a blueprint here. Yeah. Now here's where we're at. You, you, you got your, you got your 
ass whooped versus Georgia because, again, uh, LSU, I think they caught LSU a little bit by surprise because the offense they run, they had run, it would have been hard for them to prepare for because that wasn't on tape, right? Mm-hmm. Jo- you put it on tape for Georgia, and you know you, they have superior game planners on their side, so it was going to be harder. But now you put it on tape twice for Ole Miss. And I just don't – like, football is a game of punches and counterpunches. And planning for the counterpunch is something that you have to do, and they have not shown that they have an ability to be able to do that to date. And I think now, yeah. midseason, expecting them to be able to do that is going to be – it to me, is a hard sell. So, and this is coming from somebody again who has booged on this staff for the most part. But you know, I mean, I'm I'm pretty close to like you know, how can we expect something different at this stage? Right. I I mean, I'm I'm concerned with the offense. I actually think the defense will be okay for the first half. I, I think it's going to look very similar to Georgia. I think it's going to be close in the first half, and then. Auburn's not going to be able to score late. I mean, it, it, it almost doesn't matter kind of what you do because that, like you said, I, I like how you said that, the counter punch, there's no reason to have faith that it's going to be there. Right. And that's 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 on coaching. So Right. Because well, here's the thing. you're good, uh, What's the script been so far this year, Zach? Auburn comes out, looks hot for two drives, and then the other team starts to adjust. Yeah. And when people say – you know, where are the adjustments? They're talking about the adjustments to other people's adjustments to them, right? Once they adjust, it's like they're trying to do a lot of the same stuff, and there's just not an acceptance. If you're, if you're at the great coaches, anticipate the counterpunch and say, hey, they're going to adjust to what we're doing here at some point. Once we do, they do the, ne- the next drive. Here's what we're going to hit them with. And I just haven't seen that. So uh, I will go back and I'll say this because I've been told this by, um, at least four different offensive players. Um, the unluckiest part of this whole thing for Brian Harson was uh, Austin Davis not working out. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had some players, I'm going to leave their names out of it. Sure. Uh, tell me directly if he, he had come on board, they were excited about the version of this offense that he sold, the vision of this offense that he sold. After it didn't work out, the pivot, some of the offseason stuff made it harder to go out and get somebody reputable to come in with the idea that you have a lame duck head coach. But um, a, a, someone on staff told me Eric Kiesel was about 25th on the list for o- o- OC. And, you know, it was the pivot that they had to make because they could not get anybody else under the circumstances of this entire offseason. And so this is why I don't this is why I don't have the faith. Right. You, yeah. you haven't shown any ability to be able to counterpunch effectively. And the guy that you have at the helm, publicly, they're expressing support for him. But ultimately, we all know he was not first on anybody's list, including Brian Harsons. So, you know, your, 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 your fifth string OC, if you will, is running the show. And, um, you know, Brian Harson seems willing to die on this hill, man. I, I I don't know why. I think when he looks back on it, he'll say, damn, man, we should have probably gone a different direction I, or I should have been more involved or, you I mean, know. I'm, I'm all for loyalty to your people, mm-hmm. but it's, um, I'm, sounds like he's been loyal, stubbornly loyal, um, if, uh, if all that's true. So, Mike G, how can people find you, hear you, support you, all that stuff, bud? Uh, yeah, we're over on YouTube. So, um, uh, 
just go check us out. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to be covering the rest of this season. It's going to be a very interesting ride the rest of the season to see how things go. But we've got watch the film. We've got a lot of different things going. Go check us out on YouTube. Lots of good stuff over there. Mike G of The War Report. You can read all my written work at auburndaily.com. And we'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn.